everybody. Welcome back to Smash and Grab Comics. This is Tyler sitting here with JP. Yo, what's up? We are going to talk about some of our favorite comics this week. Dude, it's it, a big week this week. Yeah. Yeah, Holy I really liked it. Holy poopy. I didn't, the ones I read, I didn't think any of them were bad. They all had. No, dude, they were all they good. They all had There were some something. good surprises this week. There was some, there was ones that I thought were going to be good, but turned out great. There were ones that I thought were going to be bad, but turned out really awesome. So, uh, all the books this week that we picked out were actually good. Yeah, for sure. Um, Gideon Falls is kind of on the on the fence for me. Do you like Jeff Lemire in general? No. Oh, <laughs> that, that was might, really quick. I know that would be why. Uh, you no, know, it's definitely a Jeff Lemire story. I mean, I like the horror aspect of it, but um, he's just sometimes he's just too weird. He is, and um, some this one of his, was cool though. It was interesting. Some of his stuff is pretty heady. That book he did with Scott Snyder. Scott wrote it, but Jeff did all the art. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't mind him as an artist. He's got a very interesting style, but uh, um, when he writes, his stories are hit or miss for, uh, hit or miss for me just because they're so out there. Yeah, his solo series that he does, writing and art, I read Royal City. currently. Royal City, yep. See, I can't, I just can't, like, I can't get behind that one. Yeah, did you read any of it? I tried, um, I was just like, what? Eh. It's, well, it's a, it's a heartstring story. It's not really anything. Yeah. Um, great. It it's just not ba- for me. It, it worked backwards because in the away. first chunk of it, first four or five issues, it was how his family members are handling his death. Right. And then now in this um, this next chunk of it, uh, it's the events that led up to his death. Ooh. Yeah. So it takes place in the mid-90s. Um, Which I like because they did those like throwback covers. Uh, indie rock covers. Yeah. I've been trying to. F- I'm missing like one of them. One of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, but, um, this sorry, Jeff Lemire story, Gideon Falls. Yeah, Gideon Falls uh, is a new issue number one from Image this week. Uh, it's a horror, kind of, uh, psychological, yeah, weird book. It's kind of like um, when he did Sweet Tooth. Yeah, it was weird with the animal characters, but yeah. but there was an aspect of suspense in that. Yeah, I well. like Sweet Tooth. I thought that was a cool one. But yeah, it's def- Jeff Lemire is definitely hit or miss for me, and I think that's. True for a lot of people. A lot of people can probably say that. Yep. But uh, Gideon Falls, issue number one from Image, yes. uh, starts off, and you're not reading the book upside down, so just a heads up. It, no. It, it shows it upside down, but I think that's to show uh, later on we get to this like parallel lives kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that, that, that was fun for me. I liked it. So we start off with this character that's digging through trash. He's yeah. wearing um, his mask and gloves, and he picks up a shard of wood. It looks like wood to me, but it yeah, but it's metal or something. Yeah, he's picking, he's finding these like pieces of wood and putting them in jars. Yeah, and he's going back to his little hole in a wall apartment, which I like the fisheye lens kind of look on this. This mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah, when they show his apartment, it's a, it's, it's almost like it's a fisheye lens. So he's not, he doesn't have to draw the whole layout of the of the apartment. It's basically just a room with that fisheye yep. perspective. Yeah, so that's a cool perspective. I like that. It's um, kind of like when they lay out. Oh, globe when they lay that out flat. Right. You know? Um, yeah, so that's kind of cool. And then you see he's, he's like, chronologically listing and, like, putting these things in order yep. and, like, um, finding bits and pieces of trash. And it's weird. And he's got... Dude's weird. I mean, he's got locks, like, triple locks on his doors. And uh, he's standing at this huge wall, which is a giant bookcase full of this crap. Yeah, just, and they're and all labeled crap. from, you know, place, time, and date of where he yeah. got them. And he's talking, or he, um, 
he gets in there and he takes off his clothes and he's just, you know, he's getting ready to just go to bed and he's saying prayers. Yeah, saying you know, his good night prayers. Yeah, his good night prayer. The the one everybody knows, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, all that, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, Gideon falls. So, creepy start, weird start. Yeah, yeah, it's just very confusing. And then now, we got our title page, so. Yeah, and the next part of the story it jumps to... Um, a large cornfield with a car driving down the road that splits it. So then the next frame, we get to see a crucifix, um, somebody's rosary beads hanging from their windshield, uh, rear view mirror in the windshield. Yep. And then a couple frames later, we see, oh, it's a priest. Um, and he's in Gideon Falls. He's been called there to... Um, uh, take, take over, take his position as a priest in this church yeah, he's that just lost their priest. Taken over parish, and to somebody, the last father who was there died yeah. inexplicably. Yeah, and we don't know why. We yeah, we're not put in yet. There's a nice little couple flashback scenes where he's like talking with his head head priest, yeah. and he's saying, "I'm sending you to Gideon Falls," and he's like, "I don't want to go there. Like, why do I have to go there? Like, you know, I offer a lot more." To you know, bigger cities where you know, like to teaching and things like that. He's like, we have plenty of teachers, we have few leaders. I need you to go to Gideon Falls. So. Well, it's in this, it's in that time that he find that we find out that he lost his faith for a while in it, and he got back um, into the spirit, I guess. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. He found the Holy Ghost. Good Lord. Oh, Jesus. Hello, Jesus. I said Jesus. Oh, anyway. Jesus! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's driving down the road. I love this little small town feel because he drives past a guy who's, like, hanging out and smoking a cigarette by a tractor, and he smiles at him, and he yeah. goes, oh, Christ almighty. Like, you know, I'm here at this little, you know. So what was that town. about? The guy uh, The guy by the, well, it's actually a school bus. Yeah, um, the school bus. Or yeah. Is a, oh, yeah, it is a school bus. I see it. Now. Well, anyway, um, so the guy standing by it smoking. Like, why? I didn't really quite get why. I think it's because in big cities, yeah. no one gives two fucks about who you are. Yeah. And they'll just ignore everything. You know what I mean? They're yeah. about themselves. They got their own business. Everybody's so hustle, bustle, busy, busy. No one takes time to, like, smile at you or yeah. say hi. And he notices that this guy stops and smiles at him and waves at him kind of thing, you know? like, And he's like, geez, now I'm in this small town where yeah. everybody's going to be talking. Oh, yeah. So I think that's it's that small town feel again. He where, just doesn't want to have yeah, to. Yeah, he doesn't want to have to be noticed everywhere he's going to go, and that's exactly what's going to yep. happen. So I think that's where he's just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Here's, uh, so then he gets to the church, and it's the leader of the women's um, group at yep. church. Um, she's there as the meet-and-greet lady. And I love, if you notice her sweatshirt or sweater. It's beautiful. It's a nice cat that's knitted on it. It it's looks a kitty so, sweater. It's a kitty sweater. It's classic crazy old lady. Yeah, it's awesome. And so, uh, so I hope we get to find out later why she has a hook for a hand. I don't know. They didn't mention it at all. So yeah, she's an amputee. She's got a hook for a hand. Uh, and this book is drawn very realistically. Uh, I know it's tough because we do an audio show and we try our best to kind of describe things to you. But um, the art style in here is really gritty and really real. It's almost like he's taken photos and drawn over them yeah. in, in, a, in a lot of uh, ways. But this lady's just like, oh, hello, you know, I'm uh, here to set you up and make sure everything's okay in this, uh, in this new church. And she's giving him a tour of the kitchen. She said she made casserole. And she's being this helpful beyond belief. You know, she's trying to help in every aspect. And she's this old lady. And he's like, seriously, you know, that's fine. That's very kind of you. You don't have to do any of that. Like, you know, just leave me alone. He wants to get settled into his new home. Yeah. By himself. Yeah. And then, um, 
Then we jump back to uh, Weirdo. Well, before... before Oh, sorry. She, yeah, no, 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 you're fine. I think this is important for the story. Uh, before she leaves, because she goes, well, I'm going to take off then. If there's anything you need, let me know. And he's like, actually, can you tell me how Father Tom died? No one told me. Yeah. And she got, she says, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> so he's already left in a mystery. And he's like, oh, I understand. You know, you just had this loss. Uh See you later. Yeah. Uh, so they don't get into that, but I think that's important for the story for later. Yep, it and then, comes later. Yes, we do jump back to our big city living guy who's got the uh, like SARS, mask. Yeah. SARS mask on yeah. kind of thing. It's a throwaway, you know. Yeah, um, one of those disposable yep. uh, breathers kind of thing. Yep. Um, he's weird. He's got some mental issues for sure. He's got counseling here. He's talking to his therapist. Yep. And... Uh, when she finds out that he's gone back to this um, digging through the garbage garbage stuff because he tells her you know she feels like it's a giant step back yeah with their progress um, and so she's telling him you know if we don't get this taken care of if you don't try to not act on these urges we're gonna have to commit you again yeah like you can't be an outpatient you can't have your apartment so he's trying to make progress here but he's falling back and he's trying to confide in her there's a there's definitely a struggle yeah. between him and his therapist because he's trying to confide in her and tell her this this dark secret he has yep but she's just saying that's your disorder that's your disorder you need to not listen to it yeah he's and trying then, to tell her it's different you know because it's like he's drawn to certain things in the trash he's not just picking up random things yeah these are pi- uh, bits of wood, bits of frame, bits of um, nails, and he's just finding these things and he's cataloging them in a very meticulous and very creepy manner. And there's a beautiful two-page spread of... It's really hard to describe, but it's like uh, a giant... Pol- Polaroids. Yeah, it's a giant like um, mural of, of, of Polaroids, but then also the character himself like moving in a half circular motion and it's it's really cool it's hard to describe but uh, so you would you would imagine i get the um, impression from it he is rocking back and forth in his chair and then at one point he's got his hands on his head he's just really struggling it's definitely a illustration of insanity kind of thing you mm-hmm. know this is like dry, then, this is the driving force behind what he's doing, you and, know what I mean, and it's, it's trying. This artist is trying to capture crazy. Yeah, and did and a good job. We got the we got the city skyline at the bottom. Um, there there is some dialogue here, but uh, you know, inner monologue going on. Yeah, and it's mostly just him talking about um, this is more than just finding random pieces of junk. It's it's he, he feels drawn to these pieces. Yep. of but, trash. Yeah, but the artwork is dominating these two pages. Um, yeah, I absolutely. love it. It's, it's so a cool. nice two page spread for sure. And then, of course, we jump back to him as therapist, and she says, you know, you got to stop doing this or else we're going to have to commit you again. Mm-hmm. Um, don't take a step back, you know. Yep. Enjoy your apartment. Enjoy who you are. But know that when you rifle through the trash picking out those things, that is your disease talking. Yeah. So, and he <clears throat> just, you know, nonchalantly just goes, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. Trying to basically say what she wants to hear so he can leave. Yeah, he doesn't want to um, stop because he believes this is not his disease. This is definitely Something feels different. calling him, yeah. And he leaves, and uh, he's walking out of the mental health hospital, which I like how it's just labeled mental health hospital. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have a name or anything. No. But he's walking out, and he's in the rain, and he walks by a nail, and uh, he keeps walking, and then all of a sudden there's like a... Like a moment that yep, clicks in his head. Clicked. And I like the art style here where it goes from a, a dark rainy night to a, a negative, like, an, just, like a negative version of it where it's, it's and bright. The, the nail is red. So, I mean, something, something triggered his attention to turn around. That and also to know that, that this nail is important. So, yep. he goes back and he picks it up. And um, 
now we have a jump back to Gideon Falls, where there are, where our new father is staying, and this creeped me out. It was, it was, the page turn reveal was creepy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's sleeping, and he's sleeping in his bed, and all of a sudden he hears, psst, psst, wake up. And it's like, hey, hurry up. And you flip the page, and it's fucking scary. I think so, too. It's this... It's the There's dead. A, we don't know. We don't know right off the bat, but you can guess that it's the um, dead priest that it's he's replacing. Father Tom is sitting there like, like Gollum style. Yep, on like a gargoyle, bed. like a gargoyle on the edge of the bed. Yeah, um, and he's like, wake up. He'll no, wake up. He'll notice I'm missing. So this guy is drawn all in reddish orange. Very um, scary. Very blood. I mean, it, it yeah. represents blood, um, death. And his eyes are um, completely whited out. That creeped me out. Yeah, and he has no idea what the hell's going on because he just woke up. He's like, Father Tom, what? Is that you? He's like, everyone thought you were dead. Where are you going? What the? And then he's like, no time. Follow me. God damn it, Bobby. (laughs) God damn it, Bobby. I told you. I told you not to mess with the propane. (laughs) Stop using my car battery on your nipples. (laughs) Uh, Okay. But Father Tom runs out into this field, and uh, the, our new guy here, he's fought, he's rushing out there in his skivvies, like, chasing yep. him. Yep. And he's like, what the hell's going on? And then we get a couple personal, uh, like, uh, inner monologue from our crazy guy. And uh, here's where we have this cool parallel lives kind of thing. Because yeah. we have our father running for the, through the field on top of a flipped-over version of our yeah. crazy guy. The crazy guy's upside desk. down sitting at his desk. So, I, okay, so... What's your interpretation of having it flipped upside down? There's a connection between these two characters. I, I don't I don't think we know anything yet, uh, but there's 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 some connection between what this guy, the crazy guy who's rifling through the trash, is doing. Yep. And what the father is seeing, and yep. the priest is seeing, and yep. why he's in Gideon Falls. Yep. So I think it it not only tells the importance of the characters connecting, but the flipped versions is, I think, is just the parallel lives that they're living. They're yeah. both experiencing this thing, but in different ways. Okay. That's kind of what I'm getting from it. Yeah, I didn't think that deep. I just thought is to represent that um, these are happening simultaneously. Well, that, but I just think it is the parallel lives kind of thing. They're just, they're, they're experiencing the same thing. There's a connection between the two of them. Eons away. I mean, who knows where they're, where they're at, you know. Right. But they're both experiencing this this happening experience. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it flip-flops and goes back and forth where the guy's sitting at his desk, uh, the uh, father's running through the field, and then um, the priest finds footprints, and then uh, a crazy guy's like looking through his stuff, and then he comes to a point where boom, there's this huge giant like black barn, and that's what it's called, the black barn. Yep. And that is what our crazy guy is talking about. He's like, that's he found a drawing under his floor. Yeah. And he pulled out this rolled up piece of paper, spreads it out, and it's a picture of a barn that, mm-hmm. that supposedly he drew, I would guess. Yeah. And then uh, our um, priest is standing in the field, staring at this black barn that appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, in the middle of a field, at, you know, middle of the night as well. And then um, the interesting thing here is our uh, outpatient mental guy, he's saying the pieces of trash that he's found. Are the are pieces of the black barn that are strategically placed around town for him to find? Yeah. So he feels like he's going to like have to be like rebuilding it. Yep. Um, and then we end with our lovely lady, our lovely old cat lady. Yep. She's dead in this field with her hook hand impaled in her chest. Yeah. And that's where it just says 
to be continued. So, uh, very weird, very crazy. But yeah. I, I think this was cool. This I think this will be interesting moving forward. Uh, this is a Jeff Lemire story that I think I might uh, I might like to try. Keep going. It's very Alan Wake. If you guys ever played that video game, uh, which is an amazing game that no one ever played. Uh, it's also very Twilight Zone. So it's funny. Did you guys ever play this? No one ever played it. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I wish more people did. But that was one of the best games that no one ever played. Um. Yeah, I really like this story. Um, I'm very intrigued about the old lady. Like, my first thought was that the dead priest did it, and so maybe she had something to do with his death because she was nervous to talk about it. There's got to be something else going on. So this black barn seems very demonic. Definitely. So we'll have to see, though. I mean, uh, it definitely poses a lot of questions, doesn't leave us with a lot of answers, yep. but uh, check it out for yourselves guys, it's called Gideon Falls uh, issue number 2 will be out promptly in April so I like how it's going to be a monthly title, uh, yeah, generally Tyler and I are fans of monthly titles, we don't usually like titles that are bi-weekly I have, yeah the, yeah, the monthly ones are nice monthly is just, do you just like, awesome um, do you like um, miniseries or do you prefer long ongoing uh, I'm a fan of both Yeah, I like I mean, the argument can be made that any miniseries can just be a long series, if they're, especially if they're doing, like, volume twos, volume threes. Yep. And any long series can just be a miniseries if they just did volumes. So um, it just depends on the book. You know what I love about... I think um, this would work well as a miniseries and then come back for a season two or, you know, a, second a, a volume thing. two kind of thing. You know what I love about Hellboy is that's kind of how that is. You know, there's... Yeah, it's, it's, just it's a stories. ton of just mini-series, and so you can really jump on anywhere with that. Absolutely, as long as you're grabbing an issue number one and then following that journey, yeah. following that mission. Yeah. You know, he just, he's just going out on a mission to solve something. Yeah, so, know, uh, that's what I kind of like about that. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's very episodic. Uh, hey, do you want to talk about this before we jump into... Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We can definitely do that. Uh, we're going to talk about Shadowplay. Yeah, Shadowplay. This is just a quick shout-out to a new local artist in town. Uh, her name is Clara Meath, and uh, a book that she had given us, so kindly, thank you, is called Shadowplay. And I didn't. I read the book. I didn't uh, judge it for its book quality. I read it... I, basically judged it as her art style because sure. she is the artist so I didn't want to judge it for the for any of the writing yeah. not that the writing was bad good book it is a young adult fantasy uh, fantasy novel yeah but it, uh, her it art was fun and playful um, so if you're if you're looking at from that standpoint, I'll just talk about the story a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Um, it's very has a flavor. It's hmm, it's it would be very good for young readers. Absolutely, I would say that. I I am not the demographic for that because um, I felt like wow, this is written kind of simply, and um, but then I kind of realized oh, this is a younger reader total comic book, young adult fantasy. Absolutely, yeah, yep. absolutely. I mean, in the vein of very like, Harry Potter ish. Yep, I was just gonna say the, that kid is starting to discover that he's something more than he has thought his whole life. Absolutely. It's very Harry Potter. It's very Chronicles of Narnia. Yep. Um, there's other books I'm trying. It's very Aberat. If you've read, Ab- if you've never read the Aberat by Clive Barker, Clive Barker is generally a, a super scary, yeah. super R-rated, sometimes X-rated writer. Yes. But he wrote a young adult fantasy novel called The Aberat, which yep. is beautiful. I think it would make one of the best TV shows ever okay. if they ever did it. I'm also a huge Clive Barker fan, so that was such a fantastic and refreshing, refreshing read from him. And this really uh, 
embodies that style, that that young young adult novel, young adult science fiction. Yep. Uh, but her art style is really cool. It's really fun. It's uh, definitely a little bit of whimsy, a little bit of realistic. Uh, I'm not sure if she did the colors, but I think she did. I don't want to say 100% if she did or not, but it just credits her as artist. The, the colors are great. Yep. Um, very bright, bold, um, gets your attention right away. It reminds me of... Um, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, when that was a comic book. You oh, know, for sure. Um, when Peter Parker was the Ultimate Spider-Man before he passed away and, and Miles Morales took over. Right. Um, it reminds me of those early ones. Um, uh, there, one of the best highlights, I think, in this book is there's a, just like in the uh, Gideon Falls, there's like a little bit of a parallelized thing happening yeah. where there's a centerfold here where our uh, one of our main characters has met another student and They've kind of hit it off and yeah. unexpectedly to the boy because he's never had that type of attention before from a girl. Yeah. So they're going through and panel by panel, side by side on each page is the boys wandering through halls, the hall shyly, the girls walking confidently through the halls and enjoying yeah. life, the boys sitting in class, you know, sitting like worried about the day. She's being very active. I love the juxtaposition of characters here. You know, he's waiting to go because he's going to go with the girl to a gallery after school. Yep. So his expression never changes throughout the whole no. the and whole five panels. He just just like get me through this. Yes. And then she's just having a great day. You yep. know, she's the whole just day. having a great day, having fun, going to gym class, doing this, doing that, running through the halls. So he's 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 nervous about this. Um, Going with a girl to something. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite parts of the book yeah. and favorite highlights of her art. And I thought it was really cool. And she brought the feelings to life there oh, yeah. the two characters. So. I'm excited to meet her. You know, um, I, I always like to meet new artists. Um, yeah, and she, uh, she moved here from Minnesota. I don't I don't know too much about her yet because I just had a quick conversation with her. Mm -hmm. uh, this book is going to be available locally. Um, so check it out uh, at your local comic shop. And then also I think I did give her the inside tip to go see some of the guys at Last Stop CD Shop, and mm -hmm. maybe they could carry some of her stuff too. Sure. So I'm not sure. I uh, haven't had a 100% confirmation if she's going to have her book available there. But I know at your local comic book store here in Sioux Falls, you'll be able to catch this book. It's called Shadow Play. Uh, $5.99 cover price, I think a little hefty on my end. Yep. But I, I did too. Um, but When it's all self-published... I understand. Yeah, it's 100% self-published, um, and, and I think it's great. She's doing the legwork to get it into places. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was right off the bat for an unknown title, unknown author, unknown artist. I'm like, six bucks? You know? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, she wants to recoup expenses, I'm sure. But absolutely, you can't blame her on that one. You know, that's, uh, that's definitely a staple of... Uh, self-published books yeah. uh, when they're shelling out everything on their own. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Like I said, your local shop should have it. Um, not too many copies. Hopefully you should get a chance to sign them too because when, uh, when the books were dropped off, they weren't signed. Um, we should definitely... Uh, hopefully she can get some of them signed. That'd be cool. Because um, it just helps out with the book. Or people like to have that. Yeah, we're going to um, – I hope to get her actually on the show to chat about Yeah, we'll try. We'll try and shoot for next week's show. See that would be great. That would be awesome. Um, if you want to check out her, her, her stuff, uh, I do have her business card here with a couple things where you can check out her stuff. Uh, Facebook.com backslash the art of Clara Meath. That's C-L-A-R-A-M-E. A T H. So Facebook.com backslash the art of Clara Meath. And then uh, it does bring you to a behance.net backslash Clara Meath. Uh, or you can go to Clara 
Com. Check out all her cool stuff. Mostly she does prints, and I've seen a lot of her stuff, which uh, she did some uh, Mad Max ones, which are uber great. As a printmaker myself, yeah. uh, I, I would love to see her prints. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to, see, you just told me about this comic book when we met up tonight. Yeah, I, I kind of ambushed you with it. So I am going to go home and check out all this, you know, um, non-comic art that she has. So Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to give it a quick shout-out here. Uh for all our listeners who's, who are local or uh, want to check her out, um, just new local artists and want to um, yeah, show I, some love to that scene. I'm, I'm totally excited. Game. Uh, He's game. He's I've, game. I've been talking about, like, I want to make a comic book, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's nice to... I have a great idea for a comic book, but I... Nice I, to have... Well, we could put you in as creator, and then... But I, it would I be... Could be... I could be the idea, the writer. Yeah. Because... I'm not saying I'm bad at art. I, I've done art all my life. I would not want to draw it. No, <laughs> no. And, and so exactly. Um, you know, I've never. I'm on the um, cusp of starting a comic book idea that I have, but um, a lot of work to get um, first issue out and be on a schedule like we talked yeah. about last week, where you kind of have to have a. A plethora of them done already so that you can yes. be working on issue five or I have six. A, I have a great idea for like a four issue mini series yeah. um, that I've just been thinking about in my head. Uh, I don't want to say it on the show because then someone will steal my idea. Yeah, they will. <laughs> um, so probably me. Um, You'll be like, You'd be like, hey, man, I published my book. Oh, what's it about? That thing you told me that one time. But I no. changed the character from a girl to a guy. Um, so <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited to meet somebody else in the community that is um, doing what I want to start doing. So yeah. um, I you know, I'm, I would be fine either writing or drawing it. Um, so, yeah. I'm I excited. think I just want the writer and then uh, the art thing. I just want somebody else to stress the, about. You could be the creator, and then I'll actually write, the, write it up. You know, and and we'll go that way. That would be awesome. And then we'll get somebody to draw it. We don't have to worry about it. And well, then uh, I'll handle all the business. Well, side of it. I already checked out uh, Miss Meats' um, artwork, and I like it. What's her first name? Clara. Clara. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, next one we're going to talk about here, guys. We're moving along speedily because we have a lot of books to cover this week. Yeah, for uh, sure. It was a huge week for indie books. I was really, 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 really happy. A lot of weeks I don't get to buy this many books. I usually just like. Get a couple, get a just, couple to, yeah. just to read and like you know whatever. Yeah. But uh, this week is stacked. So next one we're going to be doing is called uh, the Spider King from IDW. Yeah, and I do want to read you the. Uh, this is what will hook everybody. There's a advertisement for this book on another book that IDW had out this week called The Highest House, which I'll cover later. But uh, here's the overall sentence that covers this book. 956 AD, an alien invasion threatens all life on Earth. Our last line of defense, Vikings. See, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. when I first read that, I was dubious whether this was going to oh, be man. good or not. I know. I was really getting like flashbacks to Cowboys versus Aliens, and I was like, ah, Cowboys shit. versus Aliens um, book was better than the movie. Oh, the movie was absolute garbage. Yeah. It was so terrible. Uh, but this book was very pleasant, like pleasantly surprising. I didn't expect much much from this and was blown away because I came in with such low as expectations. And then I read it and I was like, oh, it's awesome. Right. Uh, but it starts off and the art style in here is very uh, Adventure Time, yeah. Rick and Morty kind of. It looks like Rick and Morty, kind of. Uh, I would say Rick and Morty, but with a lot more detail, because Rick and Morty is very simplistic, and it's yeah. like stick figure kind of characters. Oh, gee, Rick, uh, I don't know. Come on. I don't know, come, Rick. Come, come on, Morty. Why don't you come on? Let's just wait, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
The Spider King, Chapter 1, Reign of Stars. Uh, again, IDW is publishing this one. Uh, had a bunch of variants. If you can grab the gold foil, that's the one I'd go for. They're like $15 on eBay. Uh, the cover A, though, is probably the most striking, just because it's nice and simple. But, um... We start off with a Viking city, or a Viking town, I should say, and uh, Halvard is dead. So their king has died in battle. And they're um, paying their respects to him. Yes, mourning his loss and paying his respects. In their town hall. Um, And, you know, amongst this, uh, they find out, you know, his arch enemy killed him. Yep. Um, We don't know yet that it's his brother. Um, um, he was at battle with his brother's army. Oh, yeah. And then uh, someone asks if it was Eric who pulled the string of the bow right. and killed him. And no one knows. Uh, they think it was just a lucky shot from one of the one yep. of the people. Yeah. So, and then we find the son of the king, um, real dorky looking guy. I mean, he just, and in one frame, you, know, you can see all these pimples on his face. Yep. I and mean, he is just not king material. So I was really like, oh. But I like the young the young look, and then uh, there is a letters page afterward where I read some of the creator's stuff, and the creator said he, that they didn't want the hero to look like a regular hero, didn't want him to be yeah. handsome and strapping, and you know what I mean, your 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 regular run of the mill hero guy. Yeah. They wanted him to just be a regular Joe Schmo at the beginning, and then turn into a hulking Viking badass later, which yeah. he does. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? I th- um. We're gonna find out. Hrolf. H R O L F. Hrolf. 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 We'll just call him Rolf. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's what it is. Yeah, Hrolf. It's, it's Rolf. Rolf. But uh, I like the Viking and you know emphatic yeah. way of pronouncing. Well, these you things. know, I have my ancestry is um, Scandinavian, most of it, and um, so my wife and I right now we're picking out for our baby names, boys and girls. Names, majority of them are Scandinavian in nature, and the one we're gonna go with, I think you're gonna like it uh, when I when I tell you when the baby's here. Uh, it's, oh. it's very... What the it's hell very, is Cliffhanger? Fuck you, man. It's very Viking-esque. Is it Rolf? Nope. Uh, Attic? Uh, no, it's not Attic. Attic. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to guess. Um, uh, yeah, but anyway. Cool name. Rolf has led out of the the giant Viking log cabin where his father has just passed away, and uh, the soothsayer, or, you know, future seer, yeah. is... Um, been looking to the stars and thought that the alignment of these two planets was predicting victory in battle, but really what it was predicting was the beginning of a new king, which he is going to be the new king. Right. So, uh, flash forward, it just says many years later, which I like. I like that's fun. Um, he's all now the kid is all grizzled. Rolf is just he's older and he's hulking, man. He's, yeah, he's big. He's shredded. Big. Yeah, he get it, son. Dude's dude. been drinking Viking protein shakes. Well, we can't really tell about his muscular frame because he's you know wearing a lot of um, layers, but he's he is just large. Yeah, he's just a hulking mass, and it's awesome. He's very Viking esque, and he's got him and his army are out in the woods. Mm-hmm. They're setting up an ambush yeah. for Attic. They're trying to find Eric to avenge his father's death. Yep. And uh, they find him. Yep, they find him. He's been uh, he's he's leading a caravan through the woods, and uh, the art here is really cool. I love the cool blues mixed with the hot reds because uh, you know it sets the tone of night very well. Yeah. But also sets the tone for light and like you know uh, torches, and it, the uh, it's got a cool just um, uh, yin and yang. Yeah. Yin yang for like, sure. Um, but anyway, Eric is coming through the forest, and he stops his caravan, he says, Rolf. And then, of course, Rolf says, Eric. And then uh, they have this nice little standoff in the middle where they're 
bantering back and forth, you know, I'll kill you, no, I'll kill you, and then just trading uh, unpleasantries. So, and, um, uh, Rolf uh, had a, an ambush set up where there was going to be two logs yeah. to come swinging down and smash Eric's head. Now, so there was two berserkers on these logs. Very Ewok they, from it, uh, Return of the Jedi style. Yep, yep. They take and out it, the, ad, uh, the it just so happened that um, at the moment that... Um, they were coming down. Eric's horse uh, reared itself up, and the two logs smashed together. And these two <laughs> two uh, characters' faces exploded as they collided. Yeah, they're definitely dead. It's just it was so funny. It was then, so gruesome. I'm like, whoop, that didn't work. Yeah, and then Eric's uh, face from turns from horror to smiling to just utter laughing. He just and he's covered in their gook and blood. You know, yeah, he thinks it's fucking hilarious, and he's like, kill them before kill them before they all kill themselves. <laughs> Which is a great line. <laughs> he has no respect for them. And then uh, we, we jump. We're in uh, Jorduna, the Lombard Fortress, yeah. where uh, there's another Jarl, or, you know, that's what I think he would be in uh, Viking terms. Yeah, he'd be, uh, you know, they're kind of the district leaders, yeah. you know. But uh, um, he's sitting at his table uh, addressing his people, and his daughter is there kind of pointing fingers at the people who live in this town. Like, you guys need to be out there. You guys need to be fighting. Hrolf's out there with, you know peasants and old men like where are you where are the warriors like you guys need to be out there fighting eric and uh, finally uh, the father gets sick of it and uh tells her just shut the hell up you don't even know what you're talking about you're yeah. a woman like you know yeah. what i mean yeah and he, he tells her with your sword he's and he and he screams at the jarl he says uh, control your daughter and he the, the yeah, guy little, grabs his daughter by her braided hair and yanks her back yeah um man that would hurt and then he's pinning her face to the top of the table while he's chewing her out yeah and then he's telling her if you want to help with the war effort why don't you just go embroider flags with the other women like you know right yeah so definitely some sexism going on here this is ancient times. Uh, but yeah, moving forward here, we jump back to the battle that's currently happening between Haddock and Hrolf. And uh, everyone's, it's a really great scene of just guys getting their heads crushed in, guys getting stabbed, berserkers crazy. I mean, it's Vikings, you know? Uh, and so, then, so Eric and Rolf's swords collide, and, and uh, the minute that happens, a green light pops on and is shining right at them. They both just stop dead. Like, yeah, what the like, fuck what is that? What the hell is that? <laughs> so there's this huge green hue, and then we jump back to our city, where the Jarl had just uh, cruelly, you know, kind of beat his daughter a little bit. And uh, he's coming to her room to see if she's ready to apologize. Oh, yep. Yep. And, he uh, goes, uh, I'm giving you the chance to apologize. I'm ready to accept your apology, is what he said. Yeah, he comes into the room, and he finds the room in disarray. The two guards who are guarding the room are slain inside. And I love this part. is really cool. She's chopped her ponytail off, her braided ponytail, yeah. and just pinned it to the wall. And then she's gone. So, and he's got that great line of just, damn the gods for cursing me with a daughter! Like, you know, yeah. it's just funny. <laughs> he's just mad. And she's left the town. She's fled. She's got her bow and arrow. She's got her cloak. She's running into the wilderness. And as she's running into the wilderness, she sees this green light and these stars, which, of they, course, they think they're stars that are falling into the ground. To me, it looks like um, green asteroids falling. Yeah. And, um... So they're hitting people, they're burning it, one guy's on fire as he's running through the... Yeah, it hits the battlefield where Hrolf and Eric are fighting, and they're stunned. They're standing there, their swords are at their sides, while all their men are just fleeing in terror of these green flame balls coming down from the from the heavens. And then, uh, 
of course, it's just um, a, you know a montage of doom, crash, boom, and you know uh, Eric and Rolf are saying, you know, next time we meet, I will kill you, guaranteed. You know, just, yeah. And then uh, they run away. Everybody gets away. And Rolf comes back to... To the rendezvous. The right. rendezvous, which this is a, well, a sad part right here because he's, uh, right before he leaves the battlefield, he's like, Lexdale's into the forest, regroup, regroup to the rendezvous. And there's and no one there. there's just no one to follow him. They're all dead. Yep. And he's just standing there and he's like, you know, just like, silent. Like, oh, what, I guess I better just run myself. There's no one to lead. Yep. So, so he takes off. When he gets to the rendezvous, there are a couple of his uh, people yep, that his made it out. So I think he's. Some of these are his family members. One of them's his uncle, uh, and a couple are. Uh, <laughs> there's these great two characters that have show up out of nowhere, which are supposed to be soldiers or fighters in his army. Yep. And they're you can tell they're the cowards because they don't have a drop of blood on them. They said, oh, yeah, we got lost in the woods, and by the we, time we found the battle, it was yeah, already They over. were like, we didn't hear the call to arms that we were supposed <laughs> to be out there. I didn't hear nothing. So we're back here, though. We're good. Uh, so those were the couple people that were at the rendezvous um, that I mentioned earlier. Nobody from the battle is there. No, no, no one. Everybody died. Everybody got slain. Uh... His uncle, though, you know, he, uh, Rolf is definitely devastated by this. He's saying that, you know, the gods have forsaken him. Everyone's dead. What's the point of even fighting anymore? He's too, you know, Eric's too powerful. And his uncle pins him to the tree and is just giving him the business of, like, get up and stop whining. Your old man would never do this. And he reveals that his arm has been chopped off. Yeah. And, and then he's <laughs> and like, like, what the hell happened to your arm? Uncle, what happened to your arm? And he's like, oh, my God, we need to get something on this. He's like, hold him down. Did, so, did the uncle really? it was gone. I'm thinking he did. He I had it just, tucked under his arm. He did his opposite his armpit. Like, yeah, and he had it under his cloak. And then I think it was just like the I'm a badass kind of thing. I don't need a deal. Like, and I'm like, remember that old badass in Braveheart who yep. like take an arrow and he'd just be like, snap, it just broke. Ah, and just, just go back up. to battle. You know, I yep. think he got hurt like 20 times in the movie and then finally died later. Just died. Like, yeah, I mean, he even had his arm chopped off at one point in that movie and it was still good. So the, while the people are dealing with the, well, it's not his whole arm. Uh, it was yeah, chopped just off the, like, just above the wrist. Yeah, just above the wrist. So it's his hand. Um, so. They're trying to fix him up, and all of them are trying to do it at the same time. And um, so the king, what's his name? Rolf. Rolf, thank you. What are you doing? So Rolf you're goes. Your, you're going to name your Viking child a Viking name. You can't even remember Rolf? No. Come on, that is That is a bad one. But anyway, yeah, Rolf runs into the woods trying to find some moss to shove into the wound so it'll stop bleeding. Yeah. And uh, he comes upon a crash site of this alien spacecraft. This is awesome. Uh, so he comes upon this, and... Um, he just doesn't know what to think. He's his his uh, expletive is Thor's thunderous asshole. <laughs> Thor's thunderous asshole. Yeah. So he found this giant, uh, what they think is a metal sea ship. You know. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they they he takes that as it's a sea ship, but there's no water near them. Right. Uh, uh, after Hrall finds that, though, we jump to Eric, who is also known as the Wolf. Yep. Uh, he's come back to his base camp with his huge army. He's got a lot more men than Hrolf does. And uh, people, are, the men are saying, you know, Ragnarok is here. The sky lit up green flame and metal ships came down with no water in miles. You right. know, like, so we need to figure out what the hell is going on. And then um, one of his guys says, one of the crew from the ship leapt out of the ship and crawled their way to your tent. So you need to figure out what's, what to do with what him. To do with him. He's like, so, <laughs> you yeah. just left him in there? Yeah, he's like, all right, go fetch warriors or ask for it. Follow me to my tent. So they come into the tent, and there's this 
alien it, being. He's like a... It looks like a jellyfish with crab legs. Yeah, he's like an arachnid jellyfish yep. kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's it's wheezing and sputtering, and it's wounded. And it's eating some of uh, Eric's men to try and like regenerate its health, it seems. Yep. Yeah, and uh, it it does have a point of like Independence Day kind of alien because it talks through one of the dead bodies. Yes, with like you know its ESP or its psychological yep. psychic powers, and then uh, so um, people get wounded here um, as they try to come closer to it to attack it, and um, Eric gets impaled. He gets impaled. His arm gets chopped off. Uh, he's he's dying on the ground, and then uh, his warriors are rushing in to kill uh, this monster. Yeah. And then um, he, uh, he, he he yells out, "I am no man. I am Eric the Wolf." The Wolf. And then uh, the guys are like, "Finish it! Kill the monster!" And then uh, they end up just ripping it to shreds. But inside Eric's head, it he says, hears "Sleep, Eric." Yes, sleep, Eric. The reign of the wolf is over. You're going to be a spider. Yeah, so we've got a little reincarnation kind of idea here. Um, I think he's going to, the spirit of the alien has gone inside of him. He's going to, like, regenerate, have all crazy sorts of crazy stuff going on. Yeah. And that's our to-be-continued for issue number two. But uh, that is why the book is called Spider King, because now Eric the Wolf is going to transform into this spider-alien-viking thing yeah. and be the Spider King, which I'm excited for. Uh, this book was a, a big surprise. So when when they give a strange, strange description that just sounds stupid, do you want to read it? Cause do you think they pulled it off? I think so. Yeah, and, and yeah. Did, it, did it right? I think so, because you, you, you've got the idea of Vikings and aliens, yeah. and then you've got this kind of weird title called The Spider King, yep. and then I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. The art style is super interesting and weird, and then by the end of the book, they set up their not only their hero, their villain, their supporting cast, but they also set up just the name of the book. Yep. Because Eric's going to be the Spider King. Yep. So it's written by Josh Van. I haven't heard of any of these people. No, it's illustrated uh, by all relatively Simone new as far as I know. Diarmini and uh, Adrian Block colored. Um, again, IDW, great uh, comic. Definitely go out and pick it up if you've got, um, you know, some spare money. Yeah, I know the local shop did run out, but I'm pretty sure they were going to get more. Um, it's a good book, and I think it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. And this will be a fun read moving forward. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Spider King from IDW. It's issue number one. All right, I brought Fujitsu in here. Um, not to give a detailed description of the book because we've covered it a few times. times. Anyway, in great detail. This is issue five. Um, and spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't want a spoiler for Fujitsu, turn off the – or go ahead, like, Three minutes into the podcast. Three minutes. All right, I'm going to time you. Oh, yeah, do it. I'm okay. going to time you. So Hold tight. Go at, ahead now. At the end of Fujitsu, he and his robot girlfriend are dead, and they die together. Um, however, at the end of the book, so you assume, it. oh, that's the end. Uh, the writer, I'm going to read this. The writer had left a um, message for readers. Uh, Thanks for reading Fujitsu, Curse of the Atomic Katana. Wait, that's it? That can't be it. Fujitsu isn't dead, is he? There's an entire alien fleet only 283,000 miles from Earth. Who's going to save us? Well, dear reader, you are. To save Earth, you need to save this comic. Please take to Twitter or Facebook and the good old United States Postal Service to let Aftershock Comics know that you want more Fujitsu. Um, 
and then it goes on from there just kind of um, telling you to get out there, um, get to social media, let Aftershock know they want more. Because um, right now it looks like this could very well be the last issue. Um, Which is too because, bad. because of sales, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm guessing uh, there wasn't enough, enough demand. And uh, the way you can get, you guys can get this uh, back up and running if you want to fight for it, uh, I know a lot of friends of ours, friends of the show, listeners of the show have read this book and have really fallen in love with it because of our passion for it. Uh, you can get to Twitter. You can get to Aftershock's website. You can write to them just by your standard uh, Kevin Costner postman. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or uh, you can tell your local shop to order more because that's generally how uh, a lot of these books move forward. I but really liked it that he put a note in there that this could be the last yeah. unless we get more um, love for it. And I don't think that's uh, that's far out of the question of, of a writer doing that. You know, I just I think that's um, him putting it into realistic terms of like, hey guys, you know, if you want more, you gotta let them know you want more because I I can only do so much. You yeah, know? and then because sometimes a uh, book will get dropped and you don't know if it's because me, the common uh, reader, doesn't know that it was dropped. So we pick up that issue and then go, what happened to that? I, another issue never came out. Either that, or you just expect that there's going to be. A volume two or an issue six, and yeah. it never comes out, and you wonder why. That's generally why they got canceled. You yeah, know, got scrapped off of the wall. So. I really like. I really like that he put a, a note in there. I do. Too. I and think that, that's a cool call to arms. I, I think he's and, just hitting his fans where they know, like you know, like hey man, if you have a passion for this book like we do, yep, let him know. It didn't feel pandering either. No. It just felt like, hey, th- this is an ending of sorts. If you want more, you know, I'll come up with something to, you know, bring this all back. Yep, exactly. Uh, before we get into Ballad of Sang, I think we'll probably cover that one book, that book last. I think it was my biggest surprise of the week. It was I think it, I think I'm with you. That might be my big pick of the week that I'm really glad I picked Just up. Just as a big surprise, you know, Spider King, I was like kind of male on and I was, I came in low expectation. It definitely blew my expectations away. Mm-hmm. This one, I had no idea what I was walking into and right. I just really fell in love with it. So we'll fall, we'll, we'll definitely uh, get that one going last because then Tyler and I can both talk about it. I'm going to power through just a couple quick picks this week. Um, one of them being called The Highest House, which is from IDW. That didn't even, I didn't, it wasn't even on my radar. I must have missed it over there. Yeah, on the and shelf. Uh, local shop didn't, didn't have very many copies of this, but uh, I understand why. It's a very large format book. It's almost like two times the size of a comic, and it presents itself that way for a very good reason because the art style really the like, art needs it. for it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but it's about, I'm going to fly through it quick. It's just a quick mention on this one. Uh, again, Highest House, IDW, issue number one. Uh, it's a big prestige format book. The part one is called Obsidian's Bargain, and it follows the story of a magistrate going into a town to purchase slaves. He okay. comes across a boy named Moth. He figures out that the boy is more than just a boy. He puts him through a test by holding a rock and asking him if the rock is cold or, or warm. And the boy said, well, no, it's cold. Well, no, it's warm. It's getting hotter. Okay, it's, it's burning, and he drops it. So then he goes, all right, grab the boy, grab all the other slaves. We're leaving now. And um, he takes this boy on a journey to a place called the Highest House. Uh, the Highest House is this magistrate's kingdom, and this magistrate, of course, is not just a, ma- a regular magistrate. He is also a wizard, a sorcerer, a magician. So 
that's what I wanted to show you, Tyler, because you guys can't see it, of course, but that's where I think the art is just awesome. There's a cool double spread of the highest house. I love it. It's, and, um, and it's really nice that it's presented in a larger way yeah. because the art is so cool. I like it. And it's not, there's nothing inherently detailed about it. No. It's simplistic, but also just beautiful. And it, it's, that's, that's how I'd put it. It's just beautiful illustration. Yes. 100%. To me, it reminds me of, um, not so much comic book art, but more maybe novel illustration that's, yeah. that, that you would sometimes get every chapter of a little and that, illustration. Yeah. And that's why I like this book. Cause it, it reads like a comic, but it feels like so much more. It feels like a fantasy tale. It feels like a fantasy novel yep. ripped out of the ancient times where storytelling isn't told the same way. And uh, it really sets up a really fun adventure. Uh, but moving forward here, um, the magistrate has all these slaves lined up, and he's selling them at his own highest house to different uh, different lords and things. Okay. And they paint them with different colors to know which one's who's who. Uh, the chef tries to claim the little boy moth, but a um, wood builder comes in and says, I have priority over you oh. today, so I'm going to claim the boy. How do you get priority over someone? Um, apparently there's like this hierarchy of ladder where certain days and certain months, uh, some jobs get uh, first priority over slave picks, and uh, this day fell on where her as being a, a a craftsman, she had priority over the chef. Uh, okay. So so she grabbed the boy first. Um, but it followed the boy. Uh, the story follows him, and uh, he's learning this masonry work, and he finds out he has a little bit more to do with this story than just being a slave. He wakes up one night hearing a strange voice. Uh, calling to him and telling him um, that there's more to the life and you know, there's more to him. And, the, and it ends abruptly with that, though. Like, I wish that's the only knock on this book is it sets up so many cool things and the art style is so great. But literally, I mean, as I'm going through and, like, I, I'm talking to you about the boy waking up and hearing that voice, yeah. he hears it, and then one of the other slaves tells him to shut the hell up and go back to sleep. <laughs> and then he's like, sitting in his bed just like, I'm a slave. I'm alone by myself. I got taken away from my mother. And then the book's just over, and then it goes, issue number two, coming out later. And I'm like, oh, shit. You're like, <laughs> I was, it was a, definitely a double-edged sword because it was like, fuck, I want to know more. Yeah. But also, I was like. That's really sad, too, though. You know, I'm just like, oh, because you just, you have hopes and dreams, and you realize they will never come true. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely a, just a I wouldn't even say a cliffhanger. It's just, it's melancholy and sad. And yeah. you, you feel that moment of sadness. And I think that's why it ends that way. Because you as the reader is supposed to feel that sadness and mystery. And that's why I'm excited for this. It's uh, next month. Issue number two is going to come out. The Highest House. Check it out. I just wanted to give it a quick pick this week. I don't think this is going to be anything super huge. But I think this is just something for the fans of comics and it's yeah. something so weird and different and uh i'm gonna lend it to you though so you can read it but okay. uh yeah i'll read check it. that out idw again god they're putting out some uh good stuff this month yeah, yeah and it's a huge format i love it and it's really cool and um you know this artwork it. great i'm gonna look at the artist here yeah. um this artwork reminds me of that uh comic book unwritten yeah Did absolutely you, yep. yeah i remember that one uh oh Written by Mike Carey and, and art and lettering by Peter Cross, so it is by the same people. Same same people then. Yep. It, uh, that's. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's funny. very Arabian Nights kind of feel to it. Yeah. Uh, I really like it though. It's again, it's called the Highest House from IDW. Just a quick pick this week. Um, this one shouldn't be a quick pick. Uh, however, 
the print runs on it are massive. Uh, this book is probably going to be close to a million a million copies for its first printing. Yeah. So don't like rush out to buy this. Don't worry about this book. You're going to find it on eBay. You're going to find it at your local shop. You're going to find it anywhere and everywhere. It's Robert Kirkman's new book called Oblivion Song. Uh, like I said. It probably shouldn't be a quick pick, but it's just it's not a book that you need to be have top priority on because it's going to be everywhere. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I think people are going on uh, speculation that this is going to be a uh, big money maker for them because Walking Dead number one is literally the most expensive comic you could ever buy. And you wouldn't be wrong in that aspect because when you really think about business wise and you think about Robert Kirkman about where he is now. Ask yourself the real question here. Is Robert Kirkman going to put his name on a book that he does not have any future plans for? Right. The answer is no. At this point, no. The answer is no. If there's not already a movie deal or TV deal in the works, right. then there's no reason for him to put out the book because he knows he can make way more money just sitting at home doing The Walking Dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and look, that just that that happened with uh, Outcast. Not, me personally didn't like the book. Never watched the show, but I did grab an issue number one. It's a twenty dollar book, hmm. and uh, now it is anyway. Uh, but that's a prime example because Outcast came out, and six months later there was a show on Showtime. Yeah, of course the deal was already in place when he put that book out. Like, come on, you, you can't be glib to that stuff. But uh, the reason I did want to cover it is. I was actually really surprised. Like, I knew it was going to be good because it's Robert Kirkman and he has good writing. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting this level of good from him. See, I went to the comic book store a little late in the day, um, probably, you know, around 4 or 5 o'clock, and it was sold out. Um, I know you, the store is getting more in, so I will read it. Yeah. Um, and I will own it. But um, And that's why I'm saying this book is no hurry because the first they're not going to do a second print on this book. Like, they're not? No, because this is probably going to be close to a million copies like of of number one so, as a first print so um it's just going to be in a book that's super accessible yeah at first print there's yeah. no reason for it to to skyrocket because you can get it anywhere okay so uh but yeah i think the quality of this is super high like higher than my expectations were oh good i knew it was going to be good i just didn't ex- anticipate it to be that good so uh robert kirkman and then the artist is lorenzo de felici i like it that he's using an artist that is not on walking dead so we get a different flavor and it brings something different to robert kirkman's storytelling yeah absolutely and uh Felici has actually done a lot of variant covers for Kirkman yeah. and for image books. Yeah. Uh, he had a lot of variants. He had a variant for Walking Dead. He had a variant for uh, Redneck. Um, he had no, one more variant. I can't just I can't pull off the top of my head. But he always uh, has this little green signature in his in his books. And if you remember a couple shows back, maybe a month back, it was a back, while back. Um, he did secret variants where yeah, it was instead pink, of, right? Yeah, instead of it being green, it was pink, and a lot of people missed it. And uh, what comic was that? Walking or Redneck? I mean, Redneck. He had one. Walking Dead had one. I was lucky enough to get my hands on a Redneck one yeah. for cover price because yeah. nobody knew. Nobody, nobody saw it. Wasn't it like one in seven or something? No, nobody, oh. nobody knew the ratio. Okay. Like, some stores got them. Some stores didn't. So it was a surprise secret variant. That's why they called it that. Okay. So no idea on what the ratio was. Um, so what's that going for? Like, let's just say redneck. What's that? The going redneck for? one was only like twenty bucks. Okay. But 
at cover price from three ninety nine to twenty bucks. That's a hell of a return. Yeah, I sold it. I uh, got rid of it. I'm I'm bummed. I um, this is going off topic, but I never have any problems with Amazing Spider Man. Uh, last month, <laughs> last month, seven ninety six. Yeah. Uh, I, I even asked you for it early. I'm just like, do they? Is it come out yet? You know. And then anyway, um, I got there again. You know, mid afternoon, gone. Uh, that afternoon, I went online to buy it. The day it was released, it was twenty five bucks. Yep. Um, so um, I was bummed I had to pay so much for it, but I'm kind of hoping it goes up because it's a first appearance in there of a new villain. I, th- if you want my advice, yeah, I'd say junk it now because Marvel's on the cusp of a new relaunch. Oh, really? So if I wanted to sell it, I should sell it now. Absolutely. The character, I think, you know, let's go best case scenario. Best case scenario, that character gets kept in the new Fresh Start relaunch and they do more with him, sure, that book's going to go up. But if this new creative group just decides that it's not what they want to do and the character is never used again, so cover price. So let me ask you this, because uh, I didn't hear about this Marvel relaunch. Uh, Coming so, in May. So is that why um, all the issues are like, Amazing Spider-Man's going to get to 800, are they going to end there? Yeah. And then same with Spectacular, it's going to get to 300, yeah. or it already did. It, it just got did, to 300. Yeah. Are yeah. they stopping it now? Is that it? They're going to start over with all new number ones. You know, in the future, they're going to add it on and say those were 301, 302, 304. Sure. Oh, God. So I get it. I think... If, so stories are starting over, like yeah. DC did, but ruined it, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> so if you, if I were you, I'd junk all your Amazing Spider-Man stuff right now. I don't think the character's going to get any hotter than it is. I think it's hot right now because it's the fresh new thing, but they're on the cusp of a relaunch. Why keep that stuff around See, when you got new creative teams? I Well, I bought it. You could take the risk. I, I, don't th- I'm not I, saying bought it, I bought it more for to have in my collection because I've been reading Amazing Spider-Man for so long. Yeah. Uh, so it's part of my sequential issues yeah. that I, I feel like I need to have. So I don't know if I'll sell it anyway. You know, yeah, and I mean, if it comes to that point, best case scenario, they do more with him, mm-hmm. it, it, it goes up, good job. But if, you know, if I were you... If I were you and you were me, I'd use your body to get to the top. <laughs> no, what? but I mean, but if I were you, I would definitely get rid of that stuff God, now. What a I don't, fucking creep! <laughs> I don't think that book's gonna get any hotter. Uh, that's just me. I've been in this game a while, doing that stuff, flipping books, and right. you know, specking all that kind of stuff. I just, I don't see it going with, anywhere. It's the relaunch that scares me. I just think with the relaunch, the the new creative teams are gonna be like, nah, fuck that noise. We got our own ideas. Yeah. We're moving forward with this. We don't need that Red Goblin dick, yeah. you know? So once you get to the relaunch, I think they're going to scrap it. Probably. Um, and that's just a guess. You know, I could be wrong, and I've been wrong before. But uh, I don't think the character's going to get any hotter and that value's going to get any bigger than it is right now. Okay. I think it's just it's the hot topic right now, so get rid of it. Yeah, if, if you're in the market for selling, yeah. at some point, this is, this is the high point. I would say get rid of that stuff right now for that amazing Spider-Man stuff. So back to Oblivion Song. Yes, sorry, we got on a tangent Not there. Marvel at all. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Oblivion Song sets up a really cool world where something has happened. So, I'm, and again, I'm going to fly through this because, of, of course, um, you'll have plenty of time to go and get it. This book is going to be very accessible. But uh, it sets up a world where Something has happened to Earth One kind of thing where there's been a dimensional rift uh-huh. and thousands of people, 10,000 people, I think it is, the, got caught and sucked into this rift of a city. 
and they're in this other plane of existence along with these monsters and these demons and these crazy things. And this guy has put it a task upon himself to go and retrieve these people. So he's coming from our world or this new world into this different dimension sure. and he's zapping them with like tracer darts and like teleporter darts to bring them back. So he's on a mission to collect these people. And as he's doing so, uh, he's having a real world fight for to try and save these people because the government wants no part of it anymore. They think it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. They think his personal reasons for doing this is because of his brother who was sucked into this warp. Right. And he wants more funding because it's it's literally the team of people who's trying to re- recover these uh, these lost people is him and two other people. Okay. It's him and uh, a lab researcher that he retrieved from this other plane, and then this other lady who is a medic who he also retrieved from this other plane of existence. Oh, okay. And uh, it's really cool. I like the uh, back and forth of the real world in this uh, other dimension because you have like real-world things happening where he's rescued two people who were married, and the news is going crazy about it. Like, this guy's rescued two more people, blah, blah, blah. They were married. And then, uh, you know, this little young girl is thanking her, thanking him for rescuing his mom, her, her mom and dad. Right. And there's a great part, too, in the middle of the book where um, our society has built a memorial for these people. Uh-huh. And he's coming up to it, and he's chiseling off the names. Check, he's checking them off as he saves them. Yeah, he's chiseling off the names. So, and it's great because later on that character says, you know the government knows it's you doing that. Do you want to be like, <laughs> locked up for defacing a national monument? Well, here's and the thing. Like, they don't belong on that list anymore. That's what his thing is. And so um, why wouldn't the government want it updated even if it's kind of crude, like, because they don't think it's they think it's a waste of time. They think it's a personal vendetta between him and this other world because of the, his brother's there and he hasn't found his brother yet. Okay. And then also there's a, a faction of people who think that these people who got sucked into this they were sinners and they were sucked into hell. And oh. He's bringing them back and why you know it's the church people going why do they get this to is, come back? Hey, this is this is like right now you know right wing Christian uh, whiteies uh, you know wants nothing more than for non-believers to be sucked into hell. Yeah. To prove their point. So it sets up really cool um, political views. It sets up uh, the world building here is really nice. And um, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, there was even uh, a part here. Sorry, I'm kind of flipping through the book because I'm just going over it quickly. Yeah. Uh, A part here where they talk about why the book is called The Oblivion Song. And he's talking to his uh, lab technician guy who's his kind of lead tech because it's literally him and these two other people with this rogue operation to do this. Well, here, here's my question. Yeah, yeah, doing this, is there any downside? I mean, why would the government care? They want to they want to paint these people as martyrs. Move on. Uh-huh. They want to just get get rid of it and be done with it. They're thinking also that... What is, what, what, who cares if a private citizen saves as many as he can? Yeah, but their their thing of it is they don't know... His stuff is unsanctioned, yeah. so they don't know if he's damaging this space-time continuum uh, stab- stability, uh, so it'll happen again. Interdimensional right. stability. So okay. they're worried that him doing this and over and over and over is going to make this happen again. Where the, uh, More rips in, in the 
in the barrier between they're going to lose another city. Yeah. So they're worried about that. Okay. And then they're also saying that you know you're not doing it for the other people. You're doing it for your brother. So, so but who cares? And my thought is, who cares what the motives are? These people are. Yeah. Back where they belong. Right. No, I hear you. I hear you. That And that's the fun argument that this book pr- presents. And, you know, we're yeah. having an argument about it right yeah. now. Yeah. It's great. And then, but yeah, they're worried that he's going to damage the the damp, you know, the, the stability of the re- right. of realities. And it's going to suck in more than just a town. It's going to suck in the world, you know. Yeah, but they don't. You know, here's the thing. They don't know that. And I feel like the <laughs> intrinsic value of saving these people outweighs what they don't know. Absolutely. And I'm, a, I'm playing devil's advocate here. You know, they don't know that. But neither does he. No, his his research is not is not a uh, uh, you know proven on scientific fact. Right. These are this is new ground for them. Yeah. This is a whole new plane of a reality that no one knew fucking existed. Yeah. With demons and monsters, and no one knows what it is. Yeah. And you know they're basically just pointing to him, saying you can't play God. You know you have no idea what you're dealing with here. Yeah. And then of course he's saying I know what I'm fucking dealing with. I need the funding because it's taking me months to clear this city. Months, and I know I'm missing people. He's oh, like, yeah. you give me the funding, you give me the team, we'll have it done in a month. You know, yeah. we could clear the city in sectors. I'm taking it block by block. So I love it. I think it's great. I can't wait a, to read it. Yeah, it's super. It sounds cool. cool. And then there's a great part. Uh, I won't spoil the ending for you okay. just because you haven't read it. Yep. So I won't get there. But I'll leave you with this and why the book is called Oblivion Song. He's talking to his lab co- his lab friend and. Uh, his lab friend won't buy new shoes because it's the shoes he had on in Oblivion. That's kind of okay. what they're calling this world. Okay. And uh, he says, why don't you get new shoes? He's like, well, these got me through 10 years of being in the in the warp. You know. Oh, he was there that long? Yeah. So he's like, they got me through, and I just don't feel safe without them. See, then, I, I was in the impression this just happened, and this guy was springing into action. No, no, no. This has been years now. So he's going back to find. And uh, there's a part where he's even, like, finding dead bodies and taking dental, like, impressions. <laughs> to identify the body. Um, but anyway, uh, he asks his friend if there's anything that he misses about the other world, mm-hmm. just because he was there for so long. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, I miss the quiet <laughs> and nothing happening and the bugs and the monsters and the chirping and this weird he's this weird uh, noises. And right. he's, like, he's like, that's what they call the Oblivion Song. So that's where the mm. name of the book comes from. Uh, I'll leave you with that, though. Uh, definitely really, really blew me away in terms of quality. I knew it was going to be good. I just didn't expect it to be that good. Yeah. And I think this is a surefire winner. But again, I uh, come back to my original statement. Don't worry about this book. Don't run out and, and buy a bunch of copies. Just get one for yourself. And uh, do not do not pay more than cover price for this. Don't do it. Because there's this book is going to be so accessible. Just please save your money. Don't buy this uh, off of jacked up price at eBay. Don't buy it off of jacked up price at a comic shop. Buy it for cover price, man. This book is going to be out there. Robert Kirkman's not stupid. He sells a million copies of Walking Dead every month, and this book's print run is way high. So do not spend more than cover price on this book. Okay. But I would say absolutely grab it. It was super good. Great story, whatever, but don't don't to grab it out of don't rush out. speculation that Absolutely it's going to be a money maker. Absolutely not. You know, will this maybe be something in the future? I say the chips say yes, but 
until that actually happens, let, don't, me, sh- don't. let me shake my magic eight ball. Yeah, right. Outcome looks good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, with Robert Kirkman, he's a, he's a businessman through and through. Uh, he's definitely got future plans for this. But this book is so readily available now. Uh, you know, don't go crazy on it until you actually hear the news that hey, this is now a TV show or something in the works. Right. Then you can run out and bust out and buy all the copies you want, whatever. But uh, until that point comes, just buy one and read it. It's really good. I think it would make a great, <coughs> great show on FX or something like that. <coughs> I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, um, you know what I mean? Like AMC or FX would be a great yeah. home for this and type is, of story. There is also a nice afterword written by uh, Robert Kirkman himself. And he says uh, he's been toying with this idea for this comic for like 10 years. Okay. Uh, and he came up just with the idea of simply just the opening sequence. And you'll kind of know when you read it. Uh, but all he had was that. And then he kind of just built off it from there. Oh, cool. And then he says. Uh, strap in because you're in for a wild ride. You know he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely shake things up. He says by issue 30, yeah, there's going to be so many things happening with this book. It's gonna be nuts. And he uh, I love how he says this. He says it's gonna be monthly. There will be no delays. By the time you have read issue number one, we will be working on issue 13. I bet. So he's already a year ahead. See, he knows what I've been preaching too. It's like how to do this. Yep. Um, Get, don't get an issue done and rush it into stores because yep. you're going to have to live up to that with the next one. Yeah, and you got to keep people entertained. You know, you if you're gone for two months, three months, six months, people just forget, man. They move on. Yeah, the next best thing. We had that discussion with Eric last week. Yes. Um, so you got to be prompt. I hope. I hope we get to see Alien Toilet Monsters number two, you know, for his sake. Um, you know, he and is so ho- passionate about I it. I just hope he took it to heart. And, you know, I, yeah. and, I, and I, I want him to keep himself accountable. Yeah. You know, and I know he's saying that's tough to say without doing it. Yep. But I don't want him to use that as a wall or a shield as an excuse. You know, if you have a passion for it, you got to do it, man. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's hard. But life is hard. You got to get through. If, if that's what you want to do, if that's your passion, you have to make it happen. And I know he's, uh, uh, now we're getting on Eric Barnett and our Alien Toilet Monsters, but I I get his passion, and I love yep. his passion, yeah. and I love how adamant he is about the book, Yep. and that's why I feel for him. I, I just, I, re- I, I want him to succeed. Yep. I really do. Yep. You know what I mean? Even, even if we, we, even if we don't like the book, like, yeah. I want him to be. I want him to have issue two, three, four, five, six, seven. You this know? is this is funny because Rock prior out. to talking to him, we were like, I hope this never sees the light of day. <laughs> and then and then we we chatted with him last week, and we're like, you know what, you go, you know. And but I think it's just because his uh, his passion is very infectious, and and yeah. I think that's what sells the book. Uh, his ideas are very lofty and crazy, and uh, sometimes I think it's just a little too out there for people, especially for myself. Just too out there, too unfocused for me. I just couldn't handle. It. But I know that there's a, a nice cult following for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think he's going to grab those readers, but you do have to give them stuff. You yep. know what I mean? And I'm not talking about give them free stuff. I'm talking about give them a book. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? If you can't get that out there, you are just going to be two sheets to the wind gone. You yep. know what I mean? Everyone's going to move on. So go out there, uh, check out our last episode with Eric Barnett to hear the whole Story, the whole uh, kit and the, caboodle, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so that was Oblivion song. We were, um, yes. just finished talking about two thumbs way up. Grab Oblivion song when you can. Uh, like I said, don't pay born cover price until you actually hear that news. That's going to be something crazy. <laughs> this book is the print runs are going to be massive. So uh, keeping with the music theme titles, going from Oblivion song, we have the Ballad of Sang. Yes, this the was Ballad of Sang. This was unexpected for me. I grabbed it. I liked the cover art, um, and. Uh, 
flip through it, and I'm like, good. I like the inner art. Um, Sorry, that's me popping the tape on my uh, bag and board comic. This is, you know, this is the first day, people, that John has come to our podcast with bag and boards with his comics bagged and boarded. <laughs> Um, I I come with them because I've read them and I put them in bags and boards right now. But this is the first time I've seen him do it. I think this week this week uh, was really big for me because as an indie comic fan, as an indie comic yeah. aficionado, yeah. this this week I felt pride at being an indie comic fan. And you, you and you want these issues long term, yeah. so you get them in there right you know, away. Uh, at the local shop, um, when I bought these books and I went back. There's holes in the wall on where these books were, yeah, and and that's what gave me like I'm like yes, you know what I mean? Yep. Like it was a great week, Gold a triumphant mine. week yep. for IDW, Oni Press, Image. Oh yeah, no. we forgot to mention uh, back a couple. Uh, no, 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 this one's Oni Press. This one's Oni Press. This oh. is the only Oni Press book. Okay, so this is out on Oni Press, yep. um, which huge week for indie! Yay! Yeah, yeah. they uh, Oni Press is putting out more and more lately. Um, I hope to see more cool stuff from them. Uh, this takes place in Japan. Um, as far as we know, I mean, well, they call it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't really say because it doesn't ever say if it's Japan. It doesn't ever say if it's like Thailand. It doesn't say if it's Chinese because the, some of the people here there's there's uh, there's Chinese people, there's white people, there's Japanese people. But uh, it starts with a young boy walking down what looks like a little Chinatown area. Um, but yeah, it doesn't ever say where it takes place. Well, ha- you know. Here's why I think it's Japan. Um, we oh, yes. see, you go ahead. We see him entering a nightclub, uh-huh. and the bouncer is like, where are you going, little man? You know. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, he, um, we don't get to see what happens, but he slices up the bouncer, and he makes his way into the nightclub carrying the sword uh, with him that's dripping blood. When he gets to the guy he wants to see, the guy says, how'd you get in here, kid? And then the asterisk says, translated from Japanese. Japanese. So yeah, that yeah. was that was why I thought this was in Japan. Um, you could be right. But I don't no read Japanese. That's on all the buildings and signs. But to me, it looks like Tokyo. Maybe a dingy street in Tokyo. No, absolutely. It could be, but it just, it just never states that. Yeah. But yeah, um, the Sang goes into this room with all these thugs, and um, he hands them a note. And it says Don Sato, and he's like, the guy's like, huh? He's like, Don Sato, you got a little fan here, a new recruit maybe. Things got to be pretty bad if you're taking him in this young. And the guy's like, just send him away, blah blah blah. And then of course, Sang attacks him. Uh, he straight up just bitch slaps him too. He's just like, Whoosh! like uh-huh. his bitch slaps the sunglasses off his face. And the guy's like, you little motherfucker, what the hell? So uh, the boys all attack him, and then there's this awesome two-page montage of just slice, slurp, slap, schluck, you know. This is the first impression that I had that this kid might not speak. Yeah. You know, that he might not have, because he didn't, you know, retaliate with a smart comment or anything um, when he bitch slapped the guy. Right. You know what I mean? He just said nothing. He just Actually, speak louder than words, my friend. Yep. And then, uh, like I said, in the next couple pages, he's just annihilating them with no... Um, nothing coming out of his mouth. It's great, too. I mean, he's slicing people's arms off. He's throwing his sword through their heads. He's stabbing people. Don't he's gunning the, people down. Don't let the fun art um, surprise you. This is a very bloody book. Yes, a uh, very, very bloody book. And uh, it's very John Wick. Uh, also, uh, just a quick mention on a board game I just bought, which I think you would love. It's uh-huh. called Vengeance. Okay. And it takes this and translates it to a board game, which sounds nuts. Okay, cool. Because... How do you get this type of action out of a dice game? Yeah. Uh, but the dice game is not uh, 
uh, ruled by math. It's not like you're comparing like, oh, I got a five. Oh, I got a six. Yeah. No, it, the dice have a gun or a knife ah. or two knives. And then you're supposed to, uh, you're, you are tasked as a hero who's been wronged by these bosses of going into these mob places or these uh, dens. Uh-huh. And you're supposed to clear them as fast as possible and use your abilities. So you roll, oh, you cool. roll your dice and it's like two guns and a knife. Well, I'm going to shoot this guy in the next room, shoot this guy in that room, change my gun or change my knife with my ability to a gun because uh, I have throwing knife or something like that. Shoot that guy and then move into the next room. Quick, fast. Like, That's it, cool. So, and it's so much fun. It takes about a half hour to play. Yeah. And it has tons of miniatures, so it's really cool for me. Yeah. But this... It's good for collectors. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Uh, we should play that sometime. Though. Okay. But it's called Vengeance, and you can get four people in it, and it's amazing. It's so much so, fun. So, um, yeah, sorry about last weekend. I was going to come over to your place. Oh, that's okay. Um, I was sick, as you can believe. <laughs> I didn't... That's I didn't, all good. I didn't even make it to my awards thing that I was supposed to go to where I was getting recognized. So you bastard. I couldn't drive to Ames and then um, couldn't make it to your place. I just didn't start feeling better till about Tuesday night. That's all good. We had yeah. Walking Dead, and it yeah. was awesome. And yeah. then it was so much fun that my brother... Uh, is d- uh, we're gonna do Walking Dead tomorrow now too because he was awesome because he was like he's like I-, I don't know if I can play this because you know I had like fences and rocks and did I show you some pictures? No, no. Right. I'll have to check. We're them gonna out. take it. Yeah, I saw them on Facebook. Oh, okay, sure. Yep, I did. But anyway, um, we're gonna play tomorrow, back, and uh, we'll play Vengeance at some point. Back but this to book this really exemplifies that. That's awesome. Um, so, what's the guy's name? I'm gonna go. Don back Sato. Here. Sato. Um, Talking to him, please. I'll give you whatever you want. Um, Telling him he's got girls. If you want girls, and the kid slices his fingers off. Well, he throws him a note first. He he, th- he thunks down a note. Yep. And it, uh, and then he holds up his own and says, "Open it." And it's a letter that says, uh, "Domicella wants his fifty thousand dollars and your pinky finger as atonement." Yeah. And he's like, "No, please. I'll tell you. Know, let's just make a quick call." So yeah. Uh, uh, he didn't take just the pinky, though. Exactly. He just chopped off all of his fingers in one swoop with Sang, his sword. Yeah. Sang ain't playing around, baby. Sang cut off all four of his fingers on his uh, left hand. Yeah, the thumb was still there. Yep. So And then uh, Sato's just, like, screaming bloody murder. You son of a bitch! It hurts so bad! He's like, call an ambulance before I bleed to death! And then, of course... Uh, uh, Sang just walking out of there cool as shit with his sunglasses like peace out bitch yep and then he brings his boss or his uh, keeper the four fingers and he lays it on the table and the guy's like ha Sang you devious little shit you were only supposed to get the pinky you know yeah we're looking at um, this is just real squalor here it made me feel kind of bad for Sang um, he's got to come home to kind of a shithole yeah it's definitely a shithole and this guy is not a rich guy you know I, nope. I think he's just Sang has nowhere else to go you know what I mean? Yeah. No one else will care for him so because this, he's a mute. So this old man um, kind of makes the deals for him. He's almost like his um, handler handler that deals with the different mob guys so that um, Sang just carries out orders yep. for money, I, I assume. Yeah, so they're having food at the table, just some noodles. Um, but uh, I like this part. He's like, did you have any problem? Those Yakuza bastards put up much of a fight. And then Sang, in sign language, in three different frames, goes, they were pussies. pussies. So great. Yep. So great. So, and it's, I don't know if these are the actual signs for, like, is that an actual sign for pussy in sign language? It, we should look it up. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. He My stepsister a, is um, majoring in ASL, uh, American Sign Language. You're going to ask her. So, I will ask her. Um, Just show her the book. Yeah. Show her the book for context. Don't be like, yep. hey, what's the, what's the sign one? language yep. sign for pussy? They were 
pussies. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Uh, uh, great humor in this. Of course, the old man laughs, and they have a nice little laugh about it. And then uh, they're getting some more food. And then uh, it jumps to a point where Sang is in his bedroom being a kid, It's which is really cool. You know, it's just, there's a point, you know, at the beginning of the book, he's a bloodthirsty little murderer. Yeah. And then he's having this point of innocence where he's playing with action figures in his room and smashing them together and just being a plain old kid. And he picks up a comic book. Yeah, he's reading a comic book. Yeah, he reads a comic book and then falls asleep. He's just got this dingy mattress on the floor, no frame for it. Yeah. Um, He's got posters on his walls, you know, um, of his favorite action figures kind of thing. I really um, liked that. It was a moment of just... He's a kid. Yeah. And they want to show that he has to deal with some tough shit, but at the end of the day, he... He is a child. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, flash forward to the next day, uh, there's a knock on the door of where Sang is staying, and... This is where things get a little more real. Like, yep. you realize that this old guy who's taking care of Sang is not just an old guy, you know? Um... Domicella has showed up, and the old guy's wondering why. He's like, what the hell, Sang? What happened? Like, why is Domicella here? Didn't you get the things that we needed to do? Like, why is he here in such force? And he, and he just smacks him. Like, Well, then he thinks, did you kill Sato? You yeah. know? And then he's like, no, he was alive, he signs to him. Yeah. And uh, turns out Sato did die. He bled out before he could leave the building. Uh, and get help, which yeah. I don't know. Can you bleed out fast from fingers? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you if you think about it, you think about it. Not only is if your fingers were cut off, but also your heart rate is pumping because of yep. the situation. So it's pumping faster. So it's pumping faster, and if you don't get anything on there, to stop, yeah. I guess it's could. not just one finger; it's, it's four. It's all of them. four. I mean, those are some main arteries that go through there. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I just thought that was a really a big moment. Even my job dropped when he smacked him because I thought the old guy was like you know nice to him, and then he like straight up cracks him across the back of the head. Yeah. And like because so you know dude, he this realizes dude trained him. I'd say either that or. He just has. There's just an evil side to this guy. Like he's yeah. a businessman too. Like, yep. You know what I mean? Like he's not just a hand. He's not just a keeper or guardian. He's a businessman who hand, who just sends Sang off to do his dirty work. Yeah. So he's not a guy who really cares for Sang. He's a guy who just wants to use Sang for his abilities. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, could Michelle be comes both in. though. I mean, they, he was having a good conversation with him at dinner the night before. Yeah. Almost like a grandpa and a grandson kind of thing. Oh, no, that's why I was so shocked. And then, like, damn. So I think it's both. I mean, I think that. He does have objective, but I think he likes the kid. Yeah, absolutely. But um, moving forward here, Manchella comes in. And he says, "Yeah, he does reveal that Sato died." And he's like, "What the hell? Now I'm out. My fifty thousand. Sato's dead. And now people think that we just screw things up when we're, you know, yeah. uh, a job. When a job comes around, we're we're just messy." So this part took me by surprise too. One of uh, um, the boss's uh, goons stabs. The older guy in the stomach with a sword runs him straight through. Yeah, uh, Manchella says somebody has to pay for this, and we got to send a message to everybody else that we, we're not fuck-ups. The kid goes ape shit on all of them. Mm-hmm. So he's jumping around, flipping around, kicking people in the face, throwing his sword. Uh, he ends up um, slicing Manchella's arm off yep. and leaping out the window with it. Yep, to I escape. loved that part. So he, gra- he grabs Manchella's arm, jumps out the window... Uh, and he's got his sword in his mouth. And uh, what do you think of his frame where he stabs a guy through the mouth and straight out the back of his head? That was um, awesome. Yeah, the book is super violent, but in a, a really crazy, awesome, fun way. And uh, I like how Manchel is like, 
go get the kid and my arm and call a doctor and see how long we have to catch him before he can, you know, before my yeah. arm goes bad yeah. so he can reattach it. Yeah, give me a towel, anything. Um, see, um... Where's that part where, he's, tra- the where he's trying to guess how long he time, can go with that? Time is of the essence. I got it. I don't know. A day. Ask Dr. Felix how long I got before they can't reattach it. Yeah. <laughs> so he's really concerned about his arm. Uh, and then uh, the call goes out, and there's a nice little montage of, like, these punk rockers and oh. this rockabilly chicks and then um, this director and, like, all these. Yeah, all these all mercenaries. These, yeah, all these mercenaries getting the call, like, hey, Sang is, go get this kid. Yep. And then uh, Sang is struggling because he just went he through got, a big he fight. He got stabbed. Yeah, um, he you know he went through the that that second fight and he didn't get out unscathed, no. and uh, he collapses in this alley and some random person uh, picks him up and says, "Don't worry, I'm gonna take care of you real good." So and the person's leaving, walking away from the scene, uh, with Sang over his shoulder and the arm in his other hand. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Well, I better take this." Yeah, it's funny. So this guy, we don't know who he is. Uh, definitely. I think has more connections to this underworld than we know right now. Yeah. Uh, great first issue though. This was the big surprise this week for me because it wasn't on my radar at all. I had no idea what to expect. I grabbed it off the uh, the comic wall, just assuming it was going to be a, a ninja kind of you know yakuza book. And then I was like pleasantly surprised by the art and Sang as a character and how much I was smiling throughout this book. So right. Um, thoroughly enjoyed this one. Yeah, it was Ed Brisson um, wrote it, and then the illustration by Alessandro Michelli and colored by Shari Chonkhama. I'm sorry Good if job. I butchered the name. That was great. <laughs> I can't tell if you're giving me shit or if you're serious. I guess you'll find out on next week's episode. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Same uh, bat time. Yes. Same bat channel. But yeah, uh, we'll run through our books one more time this week. Uh, Gideon Falls is what we covered first. That's new from my... Image, The Spider King was new from IDW. Oblivion Song was new from Image, and then uh, The Ballad of Sang was our was my big pick this week in terms of just utter surprise. The highest house IDW, and the highest house was just one that's just. I don't think there's going to be any like um, real gravity in it in terms of future stuff or you know uh, a book to grab for an investment. I think it's just a good. Book. So grab that as well um, if you can find it. And, and then, then if you if you've been going on with Fujitsu, yeah, uh, you know you could still get all five books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from Aftershock, Fujitsu number fives could be the end of the series. Maybe not. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. And then uh, another shout out, uh, Shadow Play. We just had a quick cover on that because it's a new local artist in town. Uh, her name is Clara Meath. Again, you can uh, see Clara's work at behance.net backslash Clara Meath or facebook.com backslash the art of Clara Meath and claramith.com. Meath is spelled M E A T H dot com. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah, so let's, we're going to wrap it up. John and I have. Places to be, people to do. You damn right. <sighs> Starting with you, baby. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah. for Smash and Grab Comics, this is Tyler, and with me as always is JP. JP. See you later, alligator. <laughs> <laughs> I love Led Zeppelin. <laughs>